Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hi, friends. Welcome back to episode 293 of the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Today we're talking about, actually today is an Ask Audrey episode, and we are talking about hiatal hernias. Uh, Oftentimes people think that the only solution for a hiatal hernia is surgery. And I want to talk about ways that you can heal that for good. Now, this came from a listener question. We'll dive into all of that in just a few minutes. Now, if this is your first time listening, I want to take just a minute to introduce myself. I'm a root cause clinician and I specialize in helping you to stop masking symptoms and heal for good. I work with people who've tried it all and still aren't at the level of health and wellness that they desire and deserve. So we work together using a non-traditional approach, including nutrition, wellness, naturopathy, and energy medicine. I really specialize in starting in helping you to start your own root cause revolution to rebalance your body so you can heal for good. So if you are done with band-aids and ready for real healing solutions, I can help. Now, Let's talk about hiatal hernia. First, I want to give credit to Karen. Karen, thank you for sending this question in. Really simple. I was diagnosed with a hiatal hernia. How can I treat or cure this? Now, I am so impressed, number one, that you thought to do this. Oftentimes, many people hear hiatal hernia and they assume it is a surgical um, issue that has to be fixed. Now, sometimes it is a surgical uh, issue that has to be fixed. I will absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Um, but what I will tell you is fixing the actual hiatal hernia, whether you use natural remedy or surgery, uh, does not fix the root cause of the problem. So you do still have to address the root cause regardless of what right, what route, what path you take in order to heal. So let's talk about what is a hiatal hernia. Many people aren't familiar with the anatomy of that area, but basically a hiatal hernia happens when the upper part of your stomach bulges through the large muscle that separates your chest and your abdominal, uh, your abdomen, also known as your diaphragm. Um, your diaphragm has a small opening, which is called a hiatus, and that hiatus is where your esophagus, which is the tube that passes um, food from your mouth to your stomach, and basically this is where that tube passes through before it connects to your stomach. So in a hiatal hernia, the stomach kind of pushes up through that opening into your chest. Now, a small hiatal hernia doesn't normally cause problems. A small hiatal hernia doesn't normally um, cause any symptoms, I should say. Uh, and oftentimes people don't know they have one unless your physician finds it when they're you know, looking for another condition. A large hiatal hernia can actually cause problems like acid reflux, food reflux that backs up into your uh, esophagus. It leads to heartburn. Um, Sometimes self-medication can relieve these symptoms, but if you've listened to my episode about antacids and relieving heartburn, you know that that is not something that you want to do long-term. Um, and then kind of beyond that, a very large hiatal hernia sometimes requires surgery. Now, let's talk about symptoms. Most hiatal hernias, if they're small, 
don't have any signs or symptoms, right? That's what I was talking about, that the doctor might just find it while looking for something else. Um, larger hiatal hernias cause things like heartburn. They cause kind of that regurgitation of food and liquids into the mouth. They can cause difficulty swallowing. They can actually cause chest pain, stomach pain, or really it'd be abdominal pain. Um, they can cause you to feel full, like overly full after you eat. They can cause shortness of breath. Uh, it can cause backflow of stomach acid into the esophagus. Uh, it can also cause even vomiting of blood or, um, you know, have a, a role in gastrointestinal bleeding. Now, Karen that wrote in didn't mention uh, anything about what symptoms uh, she was having or anything like that. Um, the big question to ask is why? Why did a hiatal hernia occur? Um, we know that one of the root causes for hiatal hernias is a weakened muscle tissue, uh, a weakened diaphragm. That weakened muscle tissue allows your stomach to bulge up through your diaphragm. Um, if you ask modern medicine, they say they don't really know why it happens. But why does a weak muscle fail? Because it's weak. Now, uh, oftentimes doctors will also say that this is just normal age-related stuff. Um, it, and, you know, while it, it can be because the risk factors do happen more in people that are or the this issue happens more in people that are 50 or older. Um, it also happens for people who are carrying a lot of weight in their abdominal area. Um, but the root of both of those, yes, you might need to lose some weight, but the, the root of both of those is having a weak diaphragm. It's so interesting to me that we have this issue. Um, and I think it's directly related to the amount of breathing that we do uh, and the depth of breathing that we do. If you just kind of look around the room, most people have a breath rate um, that is way too high and way too shallow. Um, so one of the things that you can do is start to strengthen that diaphragm by learning how to take deep diaphragmatic breaths. So inhaling deeply through your nose and where people go wrong here is they inhale through their nose and their chest comes up. And that's not what we want. We want our chest to stay stationary until the very end. And you breathe in through your nose and you breathe into your belly. So your belly should expand as you inhale. The last thing that happens after your belly expands, after your ribs expand sideways, then your chest comes up because it's the last thing to fill up. You can hold that for about a count of four and then slowly exhale. But instead of letting the air fall out of you, concentrate and use your abdominal muscles to push the air from your lower stomach all the way up like you're rolling the toothpaste tube, getting that air all the way up and out of your chest. And I'm sure you're thinking, well, Audrey, we're not fixing this problem by just breath alone. And you're right. Once the problem has already occurred, breath alone can help, but often is not going to be um, a complete fix for the issue. Because once you have the injury of a hiatal hernia, now you have inflammation, some other symptomology. There's other things that, that play into that. Don't worry, I have a solution for that. Before we get to that solution, I also want to address that although oftentimes it is one part root cause of a weak diaphragm muscle, the other things that can happen um, that are root causes for hiatal hernia are things like yeast infections, uh, meaning like a candida overgrowth in the, in the 
intestines, bacteria, parasites, uh, physical, chemical, emotional stress, food sensitivities, allergies, food intolerances. Um, and oftentimes those are those insidious triggers that go unanalyzed or unnoticed by patients. But um, they tend to get tremendous relief when we address all of these things at the same time, when we address all of the root causes at once. So I gave you just a kind of bird's eye view of how to um, work that muscle in order to improve it. Um, I would also argue that you might be able to find a naturopath in your area or uh, even a chiropractor in your area that can adjust a hiatal hernia if it is small enough um, and can physically manipulate the tissue so that it at least reverses the hiatal hernia. You have to be careful, though, because if you are not doing the um, physical therapy around that, so you're not strengthening that diaphragm muscle, you're not addressing the leaky gut and parasites and physical, chemical, emotional stresses, food sensitivities, et cetera, then it will recur. Um, and so it'll be an ongoing or chronic problem. The last thing that I want to suggest to you is a couple really good herbal remedies for hernias. And again, this is going to depend on, and I don't have any insight into this based on the information that you gave, but it's really going to depend on the um, amount that you have, uh, the the size of hiatal hernia that you have. Um, so there's a couple of herbs here to think about. One of them is a poultice, a, com a comfrey poultice to be specific. Um, and that's going to be a pack that you put on your abdomen um, right over the area of the hernia at night. Generally, we see relief with these in about four to eight weeks. If you're under about 30, 35 years of age, if you're older than 35 or 40, then um, oftentimes that that time frame increases a bit because as we age, our body can uh, healing ability tends to slow down a bit. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. Uh, other things you can do is take marshmallow root and Solomon seal root. Marshmallow root is really soothing to the GI tract overall. Uh, and then Solomon seal is really good at um, repairing muscles, tendons, ligaments, and other acute trauma. Um, so it can benefit your entire body, but it also can help to ease um, the hiatal hernia. So hopefully this is enough information for you. Again, it's kind of all over the place because um, I don't have all of the details for the issue that you're having, but please do follow up and let me know if you have any additional questions, which brings us to, if you guys have a question that you'd like to have answered on the air, please do submit it to audreychristie.com forward slash question. That's singular question, one question, um, and fill out the form. It'll be sent over to me um, right away. We just cleared out all of the 2022 questions, so your question should get answered relatively quickly here on the air. You can also send questions to the uh, the Women's Wellness Circle, which is our free private Facebook group. Um, we have the opportunity to ask and answer questions on Fridays. Our second and final question for today is in regards to castor oil packs. The question submitted was, what's your thoughts on castor oil packs? Uh, someone mentioned them to me to cleanse the liver and facilitate weight loss. Okay, so just like anything, they are a great adjunct therapy, but they're not going to do it all for you. They for sure facilitate liver detox and they can be a big part of a um, holistic weight loss program. 
They can also really help with sleep and skin issues. But there's a few things. You want to make sure you get organic cold-pressed castor oil, which is hexane-free. Um, and then you need to find a towel that you don't mind running. Um, you can buy these like official like pack-wrapped things. Um, I'm frugal, and so I don't buy those. I have an old set of organic white towels, and then I... Um, fashion them with another towel, and then I wrap a belt uh, around my waist in order to do it. But you simply take that pack, you take a, a organic cotton piece of fabric um, that is dye-free, and put the castor oil on top of that fabric. Put it over the right side of your ribs, kind of just at the bottom of your ribs, but at the you know below. It can go it can go below your ribs as well, but it's on that right side of your abdomen. Um, and then you just wrap, wrap, wrap it up, um, leave it on for, I, I like to sleep in mine. It doesn't impede my sleep to sleep in one. So I will sleep in it. If I need, um, immediate relief, I'll put a heat pack on it for about an hour to 45 minutes and, uh, you know, take care of it that way. Um, if you don't seal it up good enough, it can run your sheets. <laughs> uh, it will run your clothes and that towel will never be useful again. I take my used towel. Um, you can't put it through the washer. It's just, you're going to run your washer. Um, and I put it in a Mason jar and put the lid back on it and then set it in the cabinet until it's time to do it again. Then I do the process all over again, but I highly, highly, highly recommend them. Um, so I, uh, encourage you to do it. All right, let's see. I think that's it. Oh, I had one more question that, that came in. It said that episode 254 was misnamed. I did double check. Episode 254 is all about um, sleeping through the full moon and uh, parasites in the full moon. And I did com confirm that that is the, the information that is given. It is another Ask Audrey episode. So uh, I encourage you to do that as well. And the last thing I just want to throw in here as we go into the weekend, um, that I, I want to encourage you to find some rest this weekend. Um, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic. It could be time away, but it doesn't have to be, but it also types of rest can be permission to not be helpful, to do something unproductive, to connect with art, to connect with nature, to find solitude and recharge, to break Take a break from your responsibilities to find some stillness and decompress, to find a safe space, um, to have some alone time. Um, all of those things can be considered rest and rest, you know, rest and alone time and self-care. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Uh, people are often shocked to, to find that my meditation time happens in my laundry room <laughs> uh, and, and not while I'm doing laundry, but that's a quiet place that nobody's come. I can't even get my family to put their clothes in the dirty clothes hamper, much less come bother me in the laundry room. Uh, so I encourage you to find your space, even if it's an unconventional space and find some rest and take some time for you this weekend. I'll be back Monday with energy medicine Monday, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the root cause revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. <laughs>